0: This morning, our scripture comes from Acts chapter 2. Peter is preaching. Listen to what he says. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man, handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken." Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to be to God. Our reading today happens 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, and this time when we're reading, though, it happens 50 days also after Passover. There's lots of people in Jerusalem because it was already a festival time. The Feast of Weeks is what it was known as, or the festival. People are coming on a spiritual pilgrimage to the temple, to celebrate this religious holy day in the life of judaism and yet for christians the resurrection changes all of that they have still come to jerusalem they are still together but they're continuing to have experiences of god alive in their lives that are changing everything for them one of the biblical commentators i read this week had a question for us she asked i have put it in your outline When did Jesus become more than a name to you? She was reflecting on the whole idea that for many Jews who had come to Jerusalem, they maybe did not even know the name Jesus of Nazareth. They perhaps had never heard of him, or maybe they've only heard of him because he was crucified while they were there in town. But Peter wants them to know Jesus as more than a name. When did Jesus become more than a name in your life? Peter says to these fellow Israelites, whether they've heard of Jesus or know of him or not, Peter says that now they will be witnesses because he is telling them what God has done in Christ. He is hoping that they will be able to grasp or believe or embrace this notion that God has done a new thing by raising Jesus from the dead. And it's not just some esoteric thing that's happening. It's something that can personally change their life, that God is at work in their midst on their behalf. Peter wants to preach this to them. He wants to share it with any and all who have come to Jerusalem. It would be good for us to remember that at this time in the Jesus movement, only 120 people, are at the place where they believe that Jesus of Nazareth has become Jesus the Christ because God has raised him from the dead. In the first chapter of Acts, it's telling us about what those early disciples were doing. And that's where we get the number. It says 120 of them are gathered on this Pentecost day when this story happens. So still, this Jesus movement is a very small group of people who have come to believe that God has acted in this way through Jesus, raising him, as Peter says, from the dead. But Peter has this burning in his heart to share with anybody that will listen. So as he begins to preach, he draws on the Jewish scriptures to give context and authority to what he's about to say. It's much like what we do today before a sermon. We read the scripture. We believe that God is at work in the lives of these people, but not only in their lives long ago, but that God can work through these words, through these stories as we read them together and open our hearts and minds to what God might say to us even today. So that's what Peter does. He's going to preach to the Jews, so he draws from the Hebrew scriptures. He begins to talk about King David, the greatest of all the Israelites kings. He wants to compare this great king with Jesus, who he wants to proclaim is now the real king of the universe, Lord of all, as he said last week in his sermon. So what does he say? He says, oh, David, David was a prophet. He was a king. He was a great man of God. But even King David died and was buried and is in the tomb. His body is still there. He contrasts that with Jesus and said, oh, he's died and he was buried, but he's no longer in the tomb. God has raised him from the dead. You heard it in the very last verse I read where Peter proclaims this Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. It's not that they have all seen the risen Christ I think Peter is saying, but we can all understand or go see there is an empty tomb. God is at work here, and we can know about it. But Peter is even saying more than that, I think. And this applies to us. I believe Jesus has been raised, and some saw him appear, and then those spoke to others. But Peter's also implying that all of us, that anyone can be a witness to what god is doing in christ but even before he was crucified and raised peter says god was already at work in jesus listen to what he said back up there in verse 22 he says jesus of nazareth a man attested to you by god with deeds of power wonders and signs that god did through him Peter wants these folks to know who are listening, this was a man of God, not only because he's been raised from the dead, but that God was with him from the beginning, that God was working through him, that even as Jesus walked among them, that God was at work. Can you believe that God is at work in our midst? That's what Peter is saying to these people, that God is at work In their midst, you might remember, if you heard the sermon last week, Peter's preaching in that text too, but it was a different setting. But he said to the Gentiles who he was preaching to at that point, in and through Jesus, God brought peace and forgiveness, good deeds and healing for all. That God is working for our good Can you hear that good news that's for us is that God has and is working not only for the good of those who were there, but for the good of all that God is working indeed for our good, that through the risen Christ, God is alive in our midst via the power of the Holy Spirit. And that work that God is doing is for our good. It is our salvation, as we talked about last week. It brings us wholeness and fullness of life. It can bring us a sense of peace, even in difficult circumstances. As I was reading over this text several times this week, my mind went back to Holy Thursday or Monday Thursday. And that story we read out of the Gospel of John, the 13th chapter, for Jesus is gathering with his disciples in this upper room. And the story says that he took off his outer garments, got a basin with water in it, and began to go around the table and wash the dirty feet of the disciples. After he finishes, he says to them, Do you know what I have done for you? I have set you an example. That you should do what I have done to you and then later as he's talking with them, he says I give you a new commandment That you should love one another Even as I have loved you Everybody will know that you are my disciples When you love one another It's the love of God has come to us through Christ but then we have opportunity to respond and like and love another. I've put in your outline, God's work in Christ is to offer us this divine love as it was embodied in Jesus. It made me think of the hymn that says that this divine love was a love so amazing, so divine, it demands my soul, my life, and my all That is, it calls for a response. We not only receive this divine love of God, but it so fills us and energizes us. Just as Peter has this burning in his heart to preach, we too should have this sense of desire to want to share this love that we have experienced with another. Well, that hymn that I quoted written by Isaac Watts back in the 1700s. But it captures this twin dynamic of God's love being offered to us and then our response or our witness to that love by the way that we live. In the 1970s, I was coming of age, going to church camp as a teenager, song very popular, Pass It On. But it has that same kind of theme. It talks about once you've experienced god's love you want to spread it to everyone you want to pass it on that is what peter is saying to these israelites you all can be witnesses to this love to this resurrection you can pass it on to others even though not everyone's heard this name of jesus you can help others hear and know it and it will be their new life it will be their salvation it will be opening up a whole new future for those who have never heard that god loves them and god cares about them that can make all the difference in their world reminded me of what john wesley said you know he was an anglican preacher this is the fellow who taught at oxford the founder of methodism but he said some stuff that angered some of the authorities he was calling for renewal in the life of the church so at one point they banned him from preaching in their pulpits So, Wesley said, you know what? The world is my parish. I'm not confined to any one church or any one area. God has called me to preach the good news to anyone and everyone who will listen. That's a great reminder for us, I think, in this time of this COVID-19. We're basically sequestered at our homes. Is that there's Love that can happen, religious life, spiritual growth can all happen even though we cannot come to the building. It's a good reminder for us that this virus has changed things, but it cannot constrain the love of God. And even though we love to come here and we love this building, we believe it is indeed an inspiration to be here, the work of God is not limited to our buildings. God cannot be contained even in our church buildings. As I was reading this text today during this week, preparing for today, it dawned on me that when Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples, he is not in a church, he's not in a synagogue, he's in a home. When he gives the commandment to love one another and says, this is the new commandment by which you should live if you're going to be my disciples, that happens in a home. When Peter and the other early disciples feel the rush of the holy spirit inspiring them to be witnesses they too are gathered in a home much can happen in our homes i would suggest to you that god is at work in our homes and that we can show a witness to the love of god even now from our homes The Gospels are so very clear that the tomb or the grave could not constrain the love of God, that the love of God was bigger than that and goes beyond the grave. And that's a lesson for us. Even though we're under these safer-at-home, stay-at-home rules and orders, it does not have to constrain us from loving our neighbors, from loving one another as Christ has taught us. We can be a witness in our home and we can be a witness from our home we can share the love of god with others even though in so many ways we're constrained right now if you were with us last week you saw this chancel area full of lilies easter lilies trumpeting the resurrection It's kind of a tradition here for lots of people after easter sunday to come and get one of the lilies or maybe more than one and then take them to other people who could not be here but we just didn't think that was going to be able to happen this year since we could not gather in mass we only knew that there would be a handful of us here on easter sunday but you know what happened on monday morning the phone began to ring here at the church People beginning to say, is there any way I could come pick up a lily or two and take it to somebody else? So there were a few of us here, so we arranged to put lilies out on the sidewalk where people could drive by and pick up one or two or a few and deliver them to other people. It was God's love alive burning in their hearts that they wanted to share the lilies with someone else, that they wanted to proclaim the resurrection even though we couldn't be here together. What a beautiful witness, I thought, that so many of our people wanted to come all week. We're putting lilies out on the sidewalk as people are coming by and picking them up, taking them to deliver to somebody else. Oh, all the while we can do that while practicing social distancing, wearing our mask. You know, the people were taking them, putting them on the front porch of somebody else, never having to have contact. In that kind of way, and yet still witnessing to the love of God that lives beyond the grave. That we proclaim during this Easter season. I took one and put it on the porch of my neighbor. Knocked on the door and left. It was safe. There was no contact between us. And yet I hope when they came to the door and found the lily, that they too were inspired. Just like if they had been here in the sanctuary. It's a witness to the love of God. It's a way to share the love of God, even though we cannot come to the building or be in one another's homes as we're used to. It is a witness to God's love and our Christian care and concern. One of you gave me a story about the great anthropologist Margaret Mead. The story says she was lecturing in a lecture hall with a lot of students One of them asked her, Dr. Mead, what do you think was the first sign of civilization? Was it clay pots or rudimentary tools or the advent of some kind of art? She said, no, she didn't think it was any of those. She said, I think it was when we found a broken human femur that had healed That is a leg bone from a human that had been broken and then was healed. She said, because you know what that means. In the animal kingdom, if you break your leg, you usually die. You do not live long enough to heal because everyone else goes on. And you're left to your own devices and you cannot survive. But the fact that we found this bone that had been broken, but then also had healed... Met that somebody stayed back to help the one who was injured. Somebody else had helped a neighbor, maybe, maybe bound up the wound, maybe carried them to safety, maybe provided food and water during their time of recovery. Margaret Mead said, Helping someone through a time of difficulty was the beginning of civilization. Peter declares through the resurrection we can see that God cares for us in this life and in the life to come and to that we can be witnesses listen to it again in that last verse we read today Peter standing with the 11 proclaiming this to any who will listen and says this Jesus God raised up and of that all of us our witnesses all of us can be included in telling the story of god's love being alive during our lives but not only during our lives in life and death and even life after death but you might still be thinking oh i can't even deliver a lily i'm stuck in my home i can't get out well reverend Eva marie campbell and our spiritual formation task force Last few weeks have been providing for us calendars of things we can do in terms of our spiritual practices. They've just put out a new one that begins the day after Easter and then takes us all the way through May. Listen to a few of the ideas. Now, some of them are ideas you just do in your home, but they have several on this list. I want to read to you are ways that you can be in ministry, how you can be a witness to God's love, even if you're confined to your home. Listen to these, reach out to a long-lost friend or relative just to say hello. Send a letter to someone you can't be with right now. Give someone a compliment. Share with someone what is one challenge or difficult thing in your life that's going on right now. Then as we get into May, they have some others write a card for someone who needs extra love right now how many of us know someone who is confined to their homes living alone that probably needs an extra touch some extra love we could be that witness to love could we not or this one just simply pray god please be with those who are lonely today and of course we could send them a card or a letter Or the next one they have on there is remember all the graduates. So many who have worked so hard for so long, whether it's high school or college or some graduate degree so that they could walk across that stage and celebrate their learning and take the next step in life and now are being robbed of that momentous occasion. We could remember and support them and still make it a celebration that they have come so far and done so well. So many ways that we can all be witnesses to God's love. And then this final thing I want us to think about today, I've put this in your outline. We never know whose life we will touch when we strive to live as a witness to Christ's love. This really came home to me back in February about 50 of us from the church here had planned to go to the holy land we were going to go on this tour called in the footsteps of jesus and see all the places where jesus taught and walked and preached go to bethlehem and jerusalem and the galilee and the like we were at the jordan river we were at the temple so many great places Well, before we ever left town, we had all gathered in February at the Tulsa International Airport. We're waiting for the time for the plane to load. We're milling around having snacks. And a woman I did not recognize walked by and handed me a note. And then she just kept walking. It was written on the back of a boarding pass. I've saved the note. I want to read to you what she said. David, you don't know me now. You were my softball coach about 40 to 45 years ago. I was the little chubby, freckled-faced girl with no self-confidence. You were so kind to me. You took the time helping me be a better player, building my self-esteem. Thank you for your kindness. I played softball for many years after that, and I loved it. You gave me the confidence I needed. Thank you. We never know when we're going to be a witness to Christ's love by the way that we live. We never know how God might use us to touch another life. In the spirit of Peter, listen Christians to what God has to say through Christ that this Jesus who was crucified, God raised up, and of that, all of us can be witnesses. Amen, and thanks be to God.